0: Theology of the Body Institute, this is
1: the Ask Christopher West Podcast.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Ask Christopher West Podcast. I'm here with my lovely wife, Wendy.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, This is the second episode of our podcast where we're kind of focusing on pilgrimages. We do have two pilgrimages coming up. Uh, with the Theology of the Body Institute.
0: One is to Mexico City, October 18th to the 23rd. And you'll notice, JP2 fans out there, you'll notice we will be there on the feast day of St. John Paul II, which is October 22nd. Mexico City is a life-changing place. We talked about this in the last episode, about how it's a real example to us today of how the theology of the body can transform a culture of death into a culture of life, and that's what the theme of that is going to be all about as we behold the tilma together. Then we're going to the Holy Land, February 15th to the 25th of the year 2020, so that's not too far around the corner, and that, we're going to, we're going to the place where the Word became flesh. Mm, We're going to walk the very streets Jesus walked, we're going to go to where he was conceived in the womb of mary where he was born in bethlehem where he preached the gospel on the sermon on the mount where he was crucified and died and buried and where he rose from the dead these sites are i've never been this is going to be a first for me Mm -hmm. but people i know who have been they're kind of speechless. They're just like, you, you can't explain how it changes your life yeah. to see the places and be there.
1: My mother loved to travel in her retirement, but I think the most impactful trip she took was a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and it was a very profound experience for her.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you want to learn more, go to tobpilgrimages.com to learn more about those two trips. We would love, love to have you join us.
1: A very early pilgrimage you took that was meaningful and I could tell it really impacted you was a trip to Poland Yeah. Uh, but we were talking before this sh- we started recording about how on the way home from that trip you had oh, a little Oh, little
0: uh, we were occurrence. driving so we flew out of New York which is about a three-hour drive from where we live and it was 10 days away I was so eager to see you and I was exhausted and I fell asleep in the back of the car driving back from New York
1: You were with a couple
0: other people. Yeah, a couple other people in the car from the pilgrimage, and uh, all of a sudden, I was awakened by a wham, slap,
1: bam. Oh, my word.
0: Some truck just plowed into, was changing lanes, and didn't see us, and slammed into the side of the car. I remember getting thrust against the side of the car, and quickly, thank God, we were able to get to the side of the road, but... Uh, and nobody was hurt. Uh, the other driver was okay. It was it was clearly his fault. What I was most distressed about after I kind of got my breath and got my bearings was,
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, crap. I'm not going to see you until tomorrow. Like, we're going to have to get a tow truck. And I was determined to come up with a plan yeah. to get us home. And I, I'm looking at, there was the, 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 <laughs> the exhaust pipe was dragging on the ground. Oh, no. And I took my belt off, and I strapped it up. In there. And I said, we, I think we can do it. I think we can drive. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we, we got back in the car and we drove far enough to get to a, another car that we could pick up and finally get ourselves home. It was a crazy trip. Oh, remember oh that? how it was so late when I got home that yes. night? Remember that?
1: Oh, that was, that was a stressful ending to a very happy, good trip. <laughs> uh,
0: it was an amazing, amazing. One of the things about our pilgrimages I love is it's not, we're not just getting shuttled from one place to another we really take a retreat kind of approach, really a pilgrimage approach, not just a trip approach, but we are very prayerful, and there's catechesis every day that opens our hearts to the holy sites we're going to. And if you feel, if anybody's out there listening saying, I kind of, yeah, maybe I should go, I'd pay attention to that. If you're getting that little Holy Spirit nudge right now, pay attention to that. And if you're thinking, I can't afford a pilgrimage, or I can't afford the time off, Here's my suggestion. Put it in Mary's womb. This is where all good things are conceived and brought to birth. Just say, Mary, I place this intention in your womb. If you, if you and your son, Jesus, want to open the doors to allow this to happen, I trust it to you. And If it's meant to be, it'll be. So we have some questions from some pilgrims. We're continuing with that theme. Yes, exactly. Previous pilgrims who have been with us on our pilgrimages have had the opportunity to submit some questions. So what do we got this This is a
1: question from Heather. You remember Heather? Heather. I remember Heather, sure. Hi, Heather.
0: Heather drives a huge combine in the fields of Canada. I'll never forget her describing this to me. (laughs) Uh, I didn't grow up around people who did that, so I think that's pretty cool, Heather.
1: Yes, Heather, you are pretty neat. Heather is single, and she says she's been wrestling with the desire to marry someone Catholic, but she, and she knows many other single young women, have this struggle of, well, what if I don't find someone of my same faith? Should I be open to that? And what would constitute a healthy marriage in that context?
0: So the wrestling she's having, if I can read into this, is the wrestling is, could I, should I be dating somebody who doesn't share my faith. Is that how you're taking it? Yes, it
1: it seems. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, God bless you, Heather. Let me just first affirm that ache you have for a husband, which is a beautiful, sacred thing. I don't just want to launch into giving some kind of advice without recognizing that and affirming that. That ache We all feel that ache for communion, that ache to be known, that ache to share our lives with someone. It's a holy, sacred, beautiful ache. But Heather, I know I'm not saying anything new to you because we've had this conversation before and you've been in my courses before, you've been on pilgrimage with me. Uh, I know you already know this, but I need to say it again. That ache, that ache, is ultimately a yearning for the marriage of eternity for the marriage of the lamb and we make a big mistake it's a mistake you and I Wendy made despite all we knew in our minds about marriage just being a sign of a heavenly reality and I remember getting married thinking oh, oh yeah, of course Wendy's not my ultimate fulfillment I get that yeah sure I, I know my theology I, I know that heaven's my ultimate fulfillment mm-hmm. but Our life experience taught us both that we were in many ways bent towards one another, hoping and expecting and desiring even the other person to be our perfect fulfillment, our perfect happiness. Yeah,
1: I think we had unrealistic expectations. I don't know that it's possible to not have some unrealistic expectations. I think that's maybe even okay.
0: It's part of our humanity. But
1: when we discover that what we expected isn't what's happening, I think there's the the moment where we need to be open to that grace and not angry that this person isn't fulfilling something, but that we recognize that the Lord has something more for us from Him alone and that He's asking us to keep seeking Him.
0: Amen. So, Heather, all of that to say, your ache is sacred— but that ache at its deepest level is really an ache for your true bridegroom, your eternal bridegroom, Jesus. So don't give yourself a conniption. (laughs) Don't think there's no way I can possibly be happy in this life unless I find a spouse. That is actually a a recipe for not a happy marriage because there's way too much expectations than we're putting on a human being. But let's entertain this question. Should you... Think about dating someone who doesn't share your faith. Certainly not out of the realm of possibility to have a healthy, holy marriage with someone who doesn't share your faith, but you are going to encounter all of the trials and all of the tensions that, say you marry a Christian who's not a Catholic, right? That would be more desirable than, say, marrying someone who doesn't share the Christian faith at all. But if that were the case, if you married a Christian who's not a Catholic, you would, in your very relationship, you would experience something of the very tensions that exist between Catholics and Protestants. And that tension can lead to deeper understanding. That Mm -hmm. tension can lead to deeper communion. That tension can lead to healing. Those are all positive, beautiful fruits. I've seen this happen in various relationships, people we know, but we also know that it doesn't always go that direction. It could lead to deeper pain, deeper division, not sharing things with one another that are so important to your heart. Uh, I know for myself, I'm just speaking for myself, I couldn't personally imagine being married to somebody who didn't share my faith in, in all of its richness. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you and I are like cookie-cutter Images of one another in the way right. we practice our faith, or right. our certain devotions or approaches to things, and, and we're enriched by one another's differences. But there's a reason that that a Catholic actually has to get an exemption to marry a non-Catholic. Mm-hmm. The Church grants that exemption, meaning yes, this might well be God's plan. But there's a reason you have to get an, an exemption because it's not it's not the norm. Mm-hmm.
1: And. Heather, I don't know if there's a specific person that is in your mind and heart as you ask this question, or if it's more an, an approach, kind of a just a wondering, should I be open? Certainly, if there's a specific person, then you have the opportunity really to open that before the Lord and ask, what is your will for our relationship? And always seeking God's will for the other person and not just for yourself, kind of not just does this man fulfill what I picture to be God's will for my life, but what's God's will for that man's life and heart and journey. And in whatever relationship you have, whether it's a dating relationship or a friendship or coworker, that if you are able to bring that person before the Lord in prayer and just pray for God's will for him. I think that's a very freeing way to enter into discernment that the Lord would deepen your desire for God's will for the other. It just it just opens you to possibilities that, you know, let go of your own personal preferences or hopes and dreams and I think that's a fruitful way to pray.
0: I think one of the points you're bringing up here which is really important <clears throat> is that we we don't marry an abstraction. Mm -hmm. We marry a a person. Mm -hmm. And these questions kind of remain in the abstract until we're dealing with a concrete Mm -hmm. person. And I remember a story you told me, Wendy, I wonder if you'd share it when, you know, part of our history is you had these feelings for me, we were friends for about three years Mm -hmm. before it turned romantic. And during that time, you were hoping it would turn romantic, and I was pretty clueless mm-hmm. about it all, <laughs> uh, not, not surprisingly. And I remember a story you told, you were somewhere with your brother Greg, and you were sharing your heart, and he said, well, you can't discern this in the abstract, why not talk to him about it? Was right, it, how yeah. How
1: go? Greg and I were driving uh, together back to college, I think, after, no, well, anyway, we were driving Greg's your older brother. Uh, Yeah, my older brother and I were on a on a little road trip together. And I so I described all that was going on in me, how long I had liked you, and you know, things I thought about you and wondering what what was in the future, as you said. And Greg seemed kind of puzzled that I would think I could somehow figure this out just alone, that there's no figuring it out unless you're actually in dialogue about it with the other person. And I remember his comments Somehow led me to think, okay, well then I'm gonna call Christopher and see if we can get together and talk. And Greg's thinks, how how did I get into this story of you asking Christopher out? Like I doesn't remember saying anything that would have led me to that conclusion, which I think is kind of funny, because who knows how I came to that? You know, I don't remember what exactly he said, but that did lead things to move a little bit forward in our
0: relationship. So you called me. This was 1994, right? Mm-hmm. You called me up to invite me to give a talk mm-hmm. at Catholic University. You were a student there at the time. This was m- this was the first official invitation I ever had to give a talk on the theology of the body. That's right. But at the same time, you asked me if, if I'd be willing to, to go out with you sometime and, and right. have some more conversation about all these things, and I, w- I was taken aback. Yes, <laughs> and that
1: seemed totally out of the blue. It yeah. was
0: totally out of the blue. I was bowled over by it. We didn't go out at that time. It was a year later before we went out on our first date. But,
1: uh-huh. but that's okay. That's
0: okay, and that was part of the journey.
1: Uh, yeah, it was. It was fine. I, I felt at peace about how all that went, so yeah. thank God for that. <laughs> and
0: thank Greg for that.
1: <laughs> thank you, Greg. This is a question from Teresa, and she seems to be asking me a question. She says, how hard is oh, it? Oh,
0: maybe I should read no, it.
1: No, 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 I'm going to read it. I'm going to read what? it, because he- we can both answer it. All right, I it I, relates if, to both Okay. Of us. Yeah. Okay. How hard is it to watch your husband do something that you are also passionate about, but you have to stay home and do everything else?
0: Mm, good one, Teresa. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested in hearing the answer to this one. <laughs> Wendy, you have been, i just start off by saying this, you have been the rock for me in doing this work. I just want to say this to everybody out there. If you have been blessed by anything I've done over the last 25 years, it's because there is a woman who is my main intercessor, who is an integral part of this. Your fragrance is on all that I do, lover. Thank you, thank you for all your sacrifices and over all these years. I just want to start with that, so thank you, So
1: kind of you, and I think, Teresa, that is certainly part of the answer, is that Christopher does affirm what I'm doing at home and does express not just appreciation, but a sense of deep meaning for the work in the home. And I certainly feel so blessed, so blessed to see my husband sharing his gifts and the gifts that he shares with others. They, they bless you, but they also bless me. Meaning, you who are hearing him speak or interacting with him, it also blesses me to see how the Lord is working through him. So, that part has been just a joy for me to experience uh, and being a part of it. I remember reading the chapter 31 of Proverbs one time and thinking about the part, it's a, it's, The The good wife. chapter about, yes, a virtuous wife or something. And there's a verse in there where it describes this woman who, I think she purchases a field and grows something in the field, and that brings kind of income to the family. She's just Mm -hmm. sort of industrious. And Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm just, I'm not like Heather. I'm not working in the field. (laughs) like, uh, am I contributing in some way to our family? And I remember being struck that I did have the opportunity when we were first married, I was working and you were a student in theology. And I thought, you know, there was even an actual financial contribution that I made to this. You made it all work.
0: Absolutely. um,
1: By working and the sacrifice that involved for me working as a nurse and, you know, not starting our family right away and paying the bills that, is part of the fruit that's being Absolutely. born now because you were getting the education that you needed. So I thought, well, thanks, Lord, for that little clue that I have contributed to this work in that way. I know I've contributed in many ways, but that was one little insight that I just found meaningful for my life. But I will say it's also been difficult, so I don't want to just hide that fact that it's yeah. it's at times very difficult. Some of the challenges have lessened for me as our children have gotten a little bit Older, but I do think that some of the things that were difficult for me were kind of feeling like I needed help at times, and my husband was away, or he was home but preoccupied or tired, or things that made him not as available to me and the tasks of our home. I also want to say that Christopher and I have made choices about this, that it's not as though this is the only way that this could have happened. Right. You know, It was with agreement about our priorities together and our parenting and our home life and our marriage that we have lived the way we have. And just as I've suffered at times over things like, oh, how could I ever join a study group or lead something because what if... Christopher's gonna be traveling or just this feeling of kind of the unpredictability of your schedule making my schedule very unpredictable and that kind of a more predictable scheduled person. So that, you know, certainly has caused me some struggle. Sometimes if I'm feeling those sadnesses, I do try to offer that up to the Lord for the work that we are united together in. And we also talk to our children about that. You know, that this is there are sacrifices we make as a family for the sake of a mission that he's given to us.
0: I think one of the very important things you just said just a moment ago was this work that we are in together. Mm -hmm. And we knew that from the start. In Mm -hmm. fact, it was part of my marriage proposal to Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. was talking about this calling that we felt on our relationship from the start that this was going to be something we did together. And I'll share a a wake-up call that that we had when we started seeing Father Jim for spiritual direction. This was 12, uh, no, 14 years ago, 15, whatever, 15 years ago. And he he helped us, especially me. I needed the correction here. What he said was, the fertility of your ministry flows from your marriage. It flows from your sacrament. Mm -hmm. And... It wasn't like a surprising idea, but I hadn't really let it sink in as deeply as it needed to. That if there is a a fertileness to the missionary work, that that flows from our sacrament together, and we are equal contributors in that, yours has been a more behind-the-scenes contribution, but a no less fertile contribution, a no less powerful contribution contribution. It's the whole image of the body of Christ at work. Some are the Mm -hmm. hands, some are the feet, some, in this case, I'm the mouthpiece, mostly. I'm I'm out there working as the mouthpiece, but your contribution, you are the heart of it. You bring that soul to it. Your intercession, your sacrifices, your offerings are an integral integral part of that. And and I also want to say, so many people have recognized this over the years. I've had countless people come up to me when I'm signing books or whatever, and say, please thank Wendy for me. Mm-hmm. Please thank Wendy for me. People know this. If you're at all in touch with spiritual things, you know these things to be true. Even on the secular level, you know, the saying behind, behind every man doing good out there, there's a, a great woman, and that is absolutely true. So thank you, Teresa, for that question, mm-hmm. and thank you, Wendy, for being part of this with me.
1: Here's my chance to say you're welcome.
0: Yes, there you go. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, God.
1: (laughs) Here's a question uh, from Heather, who asks, which Bible verse or passage have you journeyed, carried, resonated with the most through the course of your life, individually or as a couple?
0: Hmm. Scripture verse that I've resonated with the most. I can tell you the one that I have pondered the most, and it has been a constant source of... Of you know, drinking from the fountain is Ephesians 5, verses 31 to 32, which John Paul II says is a summary of the entire message of Scripture. And it's a quote from the book of Genesis, and then it's a linking with the book of Revelation in the marriage of the Lamb when St. Paul says, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. That's right out of Genesis, the first book end of the Bible. And then he links it with the final book end of the Bible. This is a great mystery, and it refers to Christ and the church. I can't understand myself. I can't understand my masculine identity. I can't understand you, Wendy, as a woman and your feminine identity. I can't understand... Uh, my friends who are men, my friends who are women, my mother, my sister, my brothers, my father, my students. I can't understand the world. I can't understand the church. I can't understand heaven. I can't understand the sacraments. I can't understand why I love my dog or why I love a good pizza or a good beer. I can't understand anything without that passage. Uh. That is the light that has illuminated to me what it means to be human and, and not just to me, but what it really means to be human. That's what it means to be human. What does it mean to be human? We are destined for an ecstasy in union with God forever, and it's all foreshadowed in our creation as male and female. That's why that scripture is so important that, to that's me. Something
1: I love about that and the time you spend with that is how often, if something is deeply troubling or concerning, how it'll turn into you just say, either a longing for Jesus to return or a longing to be in heaven, Mm -hmm. like that that hope placed in the eternal Mm -hmm. is so deep in your heart Mm -hmm. that it it just comes naturally. If there's suffering, it's just linked Mm -hmm. within you to that longing for the consummation in the end.
0: Amen. That's where it all goes. Mm -hmm. That's what we're made for.
1: A scripture that's coming to my mind as we're talking about this is something that struck me when I was a nurse's aide. I was reading a book, well, a collection of talks from Mother Teresa, and she one of her favorite scriptures is just the line you did it to me. She's talking about Jesus saying that whatever you do for the least of my people, you did it to me. You know, as a nurse, it was certainly in reading her description of it she's describing not just as if the lord is checking it off as something that counted because it weren't just doing it for that person but for him but actually that we're encountering Christ in people that we serve that Jesus is there receiving that service and so for me it relates to our last question about you know my role at home loving our children is not just loving our children but loving right. the lord um and so that has been a very meaningful scripture to me but i've found it I and mean, we both have found that also in our marriage to one another that it's a call to minister to one another that we are in a sacrament together i've said this before i this call to ministry to one another but that the love that we have for one another we're also expressing love to the lord yes and yes. the compassion that we have on one another or the the tenderness we show to one another, it's also being shown to the Lord, and that's so meaningful for,
0: for our marriage. Amen. Amen. I, I, you're talking about that verse and how it applies to your nursing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the work you did in hospitals. It just reminds me of how moved I was when we were falling in love by stories you would tell me of how you would minister to people mm-hmm. in the hospital. And it was really important for me. It was eye-opening to me. You, you dealt, obviously, as a nurse with a lot of naked bodies. Mm-hmm. You had to anything from bathing men and women to catheterizing mm-hmm. men and women. And I remember early on conversations you and I were having where you were putting flesh onto the theology of the body in ways for me that I hadn't imagined possible. That you, you know, it was a little awkward for me falling in love with you to realize you're going off to work and you're going to be catheterizing men. And I remember kind of wrestling internally with, how, do, how, does, that, how does that all work? Um, what you taught me was there is a pure and holy and sacred way to see the body. I was in my mid-twenties at the time and I was coming off a lot of dysfunction in my life. And as a teenager, I'd seen a lot of pornography and it just f- messed with my brain. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that background. And you had this purity in dealing with the human body that opened my world. Thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Wendy, for your purity of heart. And I really believe it's taking that scripture to heart that I was witnessing Mm -hmm. and how that blessed me.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: There's another way to see. There's another way to think. There's another way to experience our bodies. Thanks be to God.
1: Yes. Well, we have a few quick questions to close with Great. that are also from our listeners. So earlier in another podcast, you answered my question. This is from Mark. Okay. Cake or pie? Do you remember that question? Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah. You kind of didn't give a definitive. But anyway, wait. Listen, a, you had your favorite cake and your favorite pie. Oh, That's what I think you're going Pie. Saying.
0: If I have to choose, it's pie.
1: <laughs> okay. Clarification pie. on the previous podcast. Okay. So here's the new very important question okay. from the same listener. Ketchup
0: or mustard? Neither.
1: (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) I felt that one coming. Well, if it
0: has to be one or the other, it'll be mustard. There are some mustards I like. Okay. But vinegar, it's my whole pickle thing. I just don't go for the vinegar. Yeah, they're both vinegary, so forget it. (laughs) Yeah, but there are some mustards I I can go for. But no, I'll I'll go with mayonnaise.
1: There you go. You didn't give us all the options, Mark. Okay, here's a question from Crystal who asks, "Are you Hi, Crystal. Are you going to have your own memorial service when Bruce Springsteen died?
0: Ah,
1: (laughs) Oh no. We had a recent, oh no, Tim Conway died. Yeah. Yeah, Tim
0: Conway, comedian from our childhood Carol Burnett show. Will I have my own memorial when Springsteen dies? I, you know, I would like to go to his funeral. I I do think on this often that I feel very privileged to be alive at the time of some of these great artists. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that's not to endorse everything they stand for. I'm not saying that. But their music has meant so much to me, and I will mourn. I will certainly mourn when Springsteen dies. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Here's an anonymous question. If you had to recommend one movie that is full of Theology of the Body-related themes.
0: Mm. Which one would you recommend? One movie.
1: One. It says one. one. <laughs>
0: yep. All right. Well, this is fresh on my mind because I just rewatched it last week. It's Apocalypto from Mel Gibson, but it's not a blanket recommendation because, Wendy, you've never seen the movie, and I'm not so sure. I'd want you to see the movie because I know your heart, and I know what you can deal with and what you can't deal with. It's a little violent. And it's not a little violent. It's really, really violent. You're witnessing hearts getting ripped out of chests. Uh, Speaking of which, you know, we we were talking earlier about our pilgrimage to Mexico. This movie Apocalypto. And you can read my um, review of it if you you can get my free ebook, "Tob at the Movies," where I give a review of this movie. But it's it's all about that sacrifice, that human sacrifice in those mm. uh, Indian cultures mm-hmm. in Mexico. I believe this one is the Mayan culture mm-hmm. in Apocalypto. But this movie is all about if you read it allegorically, uh, the violence, the brutality, and yeah, Mel Gibson can be over the top with that. But the point is to make visible spiritual truths. Mm. And the spiritual truth that this movie makes visible is what does it take for a man in a culture of death to fight for and witness to the truth of love, of sexuality, of marriage, of fatherhood, of family life? What does it take? What is a man up against who wants to live the truth of marriage? What is he up against in a culture of death? That's what this movie is all about. And if you read it, if you look at it from that lens, if you read it through the, that prism, the allegory is astounding. And the violence that you see is really a visual of the interior battle mm-hmm. that we have to go through as men in the culture of death to live the truth. It's profound. It's profound. So I'll leave it at that.
1: That's an awesome recommendation. So we were taking questions from pilgrims, and so I think we just want to remind you about tobpilgrimages.com is the website where you can learn about our upcoming pilgrimages, one this October 2019 to Mexico City and the next in February of 2020 to the Holy
0: Land. To the Holy Land. Please go check out and learn more about those pilgrimages. We love doing these podcasts for you guys. If it's of benefit to you, if you would be willing to give us a review, it would really help boost the uh, visibility of the podcast so we can get this message out to more and more. We'd be very grateful to you. And remember, guys, you are a gift. We are all a gift. That's what it means to be human. Become what you are. God bless you guys. (laughs) Christopher West comes to you from the Theology of the Body Institute with music by Mike Mangione and production by Sounder and Key. Christopher and Wendy hope the information presented is helpful to you, but remind you that they are not licensed counselors. If you're going through serious difficulty, you can find a list of trusted counselors and psychologists in the show notes. I'm out there working as the mouthpiece, but your contribution, you are the heart of it. You bring that bam, slap,
1: bam. Oh, my word.